Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back Because a all <laughs> professional basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven-foot hoop. Yeah. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Olivia Rodrigo opened up about the rumors involving her, Joshua Bassett, and Sabrina Carpenter. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis addressed the response to them not bathing their kids very often. And BuzzFeed contributor Hallie Lieberman talks the return of the sex party in a post-pandemic world. It's August 12th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Stephen Leconti. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, Olivia Rodrigo wants you to stop pitting women against each other, specifically her and Sabrina Carpenter. After the release of her song Driver's License, a lot of fans came to the conclusion that it was about her high school musical, the musical, the series co-star slash rumored ex Joshua Bassett, and that the blonde girl mentioned was fellow Disney Channel star Sabrina Carpenter. Now, Olivia tells Variety, quote, I just remember everyone being so weird and speculative about stuff they had no idea about. I don't really subscribe to hating other women because of boys. I think that's so stupid. And I really resent that narrative that was being tossed around. I mean, I appreciate her saying this. I think that this is great, especially for someone who's on the younger side to like acknowledge this. But <laughs> I, I also- have the same butt as you, I think. <laughs> go, go for it. I feel like, you know, of course, she's going to speak up now after they've all had such huge success. Like, you know, I feel like there were all of these rumors circulating for, I don't know, six months. I, I don't understand time right now, but 
why speak up now and not when the song first came out or when it was at like its peak um, of success? <laughs> well, I know the answer to that. And that's because right. it was driving a lot of the success. Look, I think the message that she's saying right now is a strong, solid one. Like, let's not pit women against each other. But there is absolutely truth to the fact that like her career launched in part because of this narrative. And that was not an accidental thing. You know, I mean, she knew what she was doing, releasing that song and naming that girl in this sort of ambiguous way she did. And look, she got a career out of it. Joshua Bassett got a career out of it. And Sabrina Carpenter also released a song about it, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. Um, It seems like a win, win, win. Um, And maybe now she regrets it a little bit because people are speculating. But um, that's showbiz, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's showbiz, baby. All right. In other news, after Ashton Kutcher's revelation that he and Mila Kunis don't bathe their kids unless they, quote, see dirt on them, led to two weeks of other celebrities divulging their own bathing habits, the couple posted an Instagram video responding to the backlash. Are you trying to injure them with water? This is ridiculous. What's going on? We're bathing our Come, children. That's like the fourth time this week. Four times this week. It's too much. It's great. Their body oils are going to be destroyed. Clearly, Ashton and Mila are unbothered by the criticism they've gotten for not bathing their kids or themselves every day. And considering the report, it combined $275 million net worth. Who can blame them? I mean, for that kind of money, Shyla, I would just hire 10 servants to scrub me while I stood there <laughs> and did absolutely nothing, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I kind of like this. I feel like, I don't know, there's been obviously so much conversation about it. I guess like, whatever works in your home works in your home. Like, I feel like you don't have to share, but. Right. I mean, I don't think they could have ever anticipated like what they were unleashing upon the world by mentioning this thing. I mean, can we just run through like so many celebrities have weighed in now? I mean, like Jake Gyllenhaal says he doesn't bathe very often. Uh, Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard. We've also had uh, like some coming forward and coming out as frequent bathers. I know. Yes, like The Rock. The Rock, Chris Evans, Jason Momoa. Honestly, is it TMI? Yes, but I'm also just intrigued now to hear every celebrity weigh in. So I'm grateful that for the discussion personally. Yeah, this is going to be an interview question for the rest of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, after over a year of being cooped up, there's a newfound appreciation in the air for being in close proximity with other people. After all, physical contact is a basic human need. Driven by a desire for connection, people are even beginning to seek out intimacy in a semi-public place among strangers. Enter the return of the sex party. Have people been so starved for physical contact that they were willing to take the risk at a sex club despite the latest COVID dangers? BuzzFeed contributor Hallie Lieberman spoke to sex experts, club owners, swingers, and professional cuddlers, yes, they exist, to find out. Hi, Hallie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're really excited to have you. So uh, let's start here. What even is a sex party? What goes on in there? Yeah. So what goes on is usually there's a bunch of drinking as there is in events like this. Some people have pre-gamed and so they're a little tipsy. Others are just kind of like downing shots or downing, you know, champagne to get comfortable. It seems like a regular problem. The only thing that seems a little different is people are dressed a little sluttier. 
and there is porn playing in the background. So like on first glance, you'd be like, oh, this is kind of like a, you know, normal bar. And then you're like, oh, wait. And then if you like squint your eyes closely, you might see someone filleting someone in a corner. (laughs) So it's the difference in the main area. And then when you get to, then there's the back area and it's like a total like orgy. Wow. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I need to know, how did you personally discover sex parties? What has your experience been like in them? Um, so I personally discovered them. Oh my God. When I was living in, uh, rural Pennsylvania with my boyfriend and we wanted to like do swinging without like, there's a whole, it's called like the lifestyle. It seems like a cult. Um, and we didn't want to like join the swinging cult. We just wanted to like go to an event and see what it was like. And so we went to this, uh, rural Pennsylvania sex club, which is, yes. And it was like a John Waters movie. I'm a huge John Waters fan, but like not in a good way. So there were (laughs) like, you know, it looked like just creepy people initially. And then they ended up being nice. Um, but that's how I started. And this was like probably six years ago. Man, I'm so curious. Uh, So is this like, is it mostly couples or do single people go? I'm just wondering. Yeah, that's a great question. So like at a sex club, it is basically like they will have couples nights where you get a discount, but usually it's couples. But then who really wants to go are single men. It's like the stereotype is true. And so they're charged a huge amount of money to go. Um, and so if a single man wants to go, he has to pay like three times as much. Um, and then like single women will be free because they're like (laughs) the unicorns, you know, like, so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how that works. But usually it's a lot of couples will be some single men. Um, single women are rare, but when I see them, I'm like, hello, Hey girl, like hashtag, (laughs) you know, feminism. Um, I'm so happy to see single women there. So the title of your BuzzFeed piece is Sex Parties Are Back. But first off, how common would you say they actually were before the pandemic? Yeah, so they were fairly common before the pandemic. And there are like sex clubs uh, in cities, in major cities all across the country and minor cities like that rural Pennsylvania one. So they were pretty common. It's like a subculture. I guess that's the best way to like equate it to like, you know, like, raves in the nineties or something, you know, it's it's a bunch of people doing this thing. It's their lifestyle. It's what they do. You know, their membership cards you get, you get a discount if you've been a number of times, that kind of thing. So it was a fairly common within the subculture. I mean, I went to college in like, I wouldn't say rural, but like a small, small town in Pennsylvania. And I had no idea that this was happening around me. (laughs) (laughs) So After a year of, you know, basically being legally banned from human contact, how does a post-pandemic sex party change? I mean, what is the feeling of everyone just sort of like being in this room together? Finally, are we seeing new people? And what are the clubs doing to keep people safe? The vibe of the club changed and people just seemed more friendly and relieved. It was like, oh, Jesus Christ, like we can, you know just like we get to be half naked around each other and flirt with each other. And there was a sense of relief that you could just be hanging out with like-minded people. So there was that sense. Now the pandemic issue, that's a important point to point out. What were the clubs doing? Well, in New York at Hacienda with their sex parties, 
you had to either have proof of a vaccination, like mm-hmm. show your vaccination card or a negative test. So I had okay. that in Atlanta where I live, which is the South. Um, well, there were not, uh, as many guidelines. So at trapeze, the sex club, we went in, there were like zero guidelines. Um, no temperature checks, no masks, no, uh, you know, vaccine checks. And then the loft, which was the other place we went to, like, we had to sign a form saying, and I wrote about this in the piece too, like, you know, we could die if we like have sex in here. And it was like, okay. And then they took our temperature with a forehead thermometer, which actually don't work that well. And we know people with COVID don't necessarily have temperatures. So it was like the theater of, of that. To your credit, in your piece, you actually talk about in trapeze. I believe you actually asked the couple that you met up with, like, are you guys vaxxed before you took them to the room? Is that right? Yes, we did. We did. We asked. The guy who looked like Fred Armisen and then the woman, <laughs> the really hot woman. Yes, we did ask them if they were vaccinated and they seemed, obviously, we're taking their word for it, um, but we were like half naked, so we couldn't ask for their card. Um, <laughs> and, and they said yes. Well, we'll be right back. We've got more inside the world of sex clubs post-pandemic with BuzzFeed contributor Hallie Lieberman. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Our vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week. There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our heart radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangsta Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed contributor Hallie Lieberman about the return of sex parties. So, Hallie, I feel like a lot of people go to, like, eyes wide shut when they think of a sex party. But there's actually, like, a whole variety of options here that I want to get into. So, like, for example, how does a small, sexy daytime brunch compare to, like, a nighttime play party? Yeah, so like a, a 
daytime brunch has like a completely different vibe. I mean, you've got your eggs Benedict, you've got your little, you know, like sort of classy, like outdoor, you know, just meeting people in broad daylight, which just gives it, you know, more of a casual and less of like, and the, the lights are going down and suddenly someone's going to be dressed like a centaur and, you know, sodomizing, mm-hmm. you know, a woman dressed like the marshmallow man. Like it doesn't have <laughs> that kind of vibe. Um, it's more like meeting people in real life, like brunching with friends and then flirting with them and then going back to their house and maybe fooling around that kind of thing. Um, so it's more laid back. Whereas nighttime, it's more of, a bacchanalia, like going mm. in the back room of trapeze when people are drunk. And when you see like, there's like a four poster, you know, bed type thing in the middle and there's half or completely naked people surrounding it. Um, and various states of sexual acts, you know, this person is going down and this person, the other person is, you know, fisting this person and we're all watching, you know, four people on the bed in with legs akimbo, you know, that kind of thing is happening in the nighttime clubs. I mean, during the day that, that could be happening too, but it's just a different, there's something about the nighttime in sex and these kind of, you know, environments. It's a lot different. I guess just something you were talking about uh, brought a question to mind. So what are like, the rules like I mean and and how how does consent work I mean obviously if people are just like watching but not touching necessarily like um curious yeah consent I would have to say is respected more in sex clubs than it is in regular bars and clubs because I have Mm. been to and you probably experienced that like feel like every woman has like a club where you feel a someone grabbing your ass and you turn around and it's not like a girlfriend. So that happens all the time. That does not happen in sex clubs. So sex clubs have like, and sex parties, like they'll say, can I touch your hair? Can I, you know, touch your ass? Would you like, so there's, there's this culture of consent, almost like the BDSM community that's more baked in different people. Like there's, there's a different culture of it. So, I mean, a sex party might not be for everyone, but then there are cuddle parties, which sound adorable. So, I mean, you recently went to a sold-out cuddle party. (laughs) What goes on there? Like, I don't even know. I'm imagining, like, stuffed animals and, like, pajamas and, like, you know, just, like, cute. But, like, tell me, what is it actually like? (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. And so also speaking about the COVID protocols, you had to show your ID, your COVID vaccination. You, they were very strict, but yes, there are stuffed animals. So like I walked in, <laughs> I had no idea what would go on there. Cause it's like daytime as well. And mm. I was starving. So I'm like eyeing the food, um, and having trouble focusing cause I'm so food focused. Um, but anyway, there was a guy in the corner, like cuddling with one of those giant teddy bears you can win at a fair. Mm. And um, so there's that. There was there were like a group of three people just like lounging on each other. It looked like an opium den. Like I imagine an opium den minus the opium. Like people were so like languid, like relaxed. Um, and so so that's how it begins. And there's food and stuff. And they have a whole consent lecture. The last for like mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And then 
we had like uh, free range cuddling as a, and people ask each other. So like this group I was with, the guy asked me like, do you want to cuddle? And it was two guys. And so like, we were like massaging each other's shoulders and yeah, it was a little uncomfortable because everyone was staring and we were, it was like the um, bed in the middle of the sex club that everyone was looking at. I was on that bed and I was like, this is awkward. And, but instead of us having sex on the bed, we're just like, you know, rubbing each other's shoulders. Um, but there were these pots. It was almost like, you know, it was almost like people were in these kind of threesomes or a lot of threesomes there, a mm. lot of menage a trois that weren't sexual. So you have people like embracing each other, like it, not like on their boobs or genitals. Like that was like a rule. You weren't allowed to do that, but just cuddling in, um, these different piles, like with blankets and, and teddy bears and, there was uh, a guy who wrote about my piece who had not been touched for a year and a half. And mm. he said he wanted to cry when he was touched. So uh, there was this need for human contact that we've had since the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And people who don't, as he said, it was like a, a, you know, a thirsty man getting water. People who don't have that, uh, it, it really affects their mental health. Yeah. You know, I actually, um, I want to circle back to what you said about that guy who cried after like a year and a half of not being touched because we have really been living in a very touch deprived society. I I wonder if this year, year and a half of isolation is going to change things for the sex party community. Do you think the stigma surrounding them will remain, uh, once we all kind of come out of this pandemic? I hope not, but like, I, it's just like everything else, like how, oh, we're going to be so environmentally friendly after the pandemic, look, all the wildlife is coming back. And then like two seconds later, like everyone's, you know, throwing garbage out the window. Like I'm hoping that's not happening, but you know, I'm hoping people understand touch more. I'm a hopeful person. So I will keep the hope up. The, uh, reality, when I talked to the cuddle pros, they said, probably not, uh, that the needle moved a little bit, but not enough, but I'm hopeful that people have a different attitude about the importance of touch. I mean, we have been stuck in our house for a year and a half, you know, some of us touching no one or just our partners. Yeah. We understand touch in a bodily visceral way and the need for it in a way we haven't before COVID. So as a silver lining. Well, this has been such an interesting conversation. Truly. Thank you so much for joining us, Hallie. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, that's showbiz, baby. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. 
brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.